When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Megan Hustline, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Alexis Chasen. Thanks for joining us, Alexis. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so it's been a minute. I mean, you used to be the managing editor for Land Grant, but now you're back, so we're super excited. Yeah, it feels like forever, like five years, but it feels like 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're happy to have you here, and we obviously have a ton of football to discuss, but we have to wrap up the U.S. Open. I know you said that you didn't know, you know, too much about it, but hey, the major headlines, Iga Swiatek won her third major championship at just 21 years old. She won the French Open twice, and now she just won the U.S. Open, and then on the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz, he won it all, and he's 19 years old, and now the new world number one. I mean, it's just crazy. These young kids are taking over tennis. Yeah, I literally, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe doing something that incredible at that age, but, I mean, it looks like they're pretty much the future of the sport, which is awesome to see, you know, the young blood coming in and really dominating. Right. I mean, I guess it's kind of time, you know, Nadal, Federer, they're kind of just aging out. I mean, Nadal's still doing great, but they're just aging, you know. So we have the young kids coming up, taking over. Iga's, you know, moving in since Serena's evolving away. So definitely exciting to see um, these young kids. I mean, Alcaraz is only 19. He's not even 20 years old. I just couldn't even imagine he's younger than me. I mean, no, I mean, he can't even like celebrate with a glass of champagne. I mean, <laughs> right. he, he can, but you know, right? Like he must have like sparkling grape juice or something. Yeah. After, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, definitely an exciting time in tennis to wrap up um, all the majors. So, congrats to both of them. Super excited to see their futures in tennis. But now, moving on to Ohio State's huge win against Arkansas State. There was a lot to be excited about. I mean, only a couple of things to be concerned with. So first, let's start with the good stuff. I mean, Marvin Harrison, what can we say about him? He's just he's just unreal. Yeah, he was incredible. Like, so exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, three touchdowns, 184 yards. If you haven't heard, he's Big Ten Co-Offensive Player of the Week. He joined Joey Galloway in the Buckeye <clears throat> history books as the only two-time receiver to have three touchdowns. 
<clears throat> excuse me, but he just looked so good out there. And him and Stroud look really good together too. Yeah, it's really nice to see some of these new connections, especially since like we, you know, lose or we lost like Olave and Wilson. It's really nice to see some of the, you know, new younger guys stepping up, but also still having that chemistry and rapport with Stroud. Um, it's just nice to see that like the wide receiver room isn't taking a step back in any capacity. Um, and and somehow might even be more dynamic than last year, mm-hmm. which doesn't even seem possible, but <laughs> Um, it's looking at least like a possibility. Right. And it's great to see this, you know, through the first two games with JSN being out practically for the entirety of both of them. So excited yeah. to get him back for sure. But like you said, it is nice to see all these other receivers step up as well. Um, but they're not the only position group that looked really good. The running backs have looked strong. I mean, top to bottom. I'm most happy with, I think, Mayan Williams. We all knew we all knew that him and Travion were both obviously phenomenal, but I feel like Mayan has just come out very strong very soon. And I don't know, it's just really great to see that we have a very strong one-two punch at running back. Absolutely. I feel like he was maybe um, under, not underappreciated, but maybe underexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was expecting Henderson to come back in and, you know, dominate the way he has been. But just to see that, like, you mentioned that there's different um, I don't know, different options at running back is really nice. Right. They're very well-rounded. Yeah. And hey, even third string when Dallin Hayden came in in the fourth quarter, he looked pretty good too. So it's just nice to see that we really do got three strong options at running back. So very comforting there. Offense is looking great. But switching to defense, they looked pretty good too. Still, they haven't allowed a touchdown through six quarters. So limited Arkansas State to just field goals. And I mean, particularly Steel Chambers was unreal. He was named defense player of the game. Um, so the linebackers have been just looking great. But cornerbacks struggled a little bit, um, particularly Denzel Burke. He gave out some big plays, um, just not looking like his usual self. So a little bit of concern there. Yeah, I was really happy to see, like you mentioned, the linebackers um, are kind of get back to the glory days a little bit, you know, flying mm-hmm. around the field and. Um, you know, Steel Chambers name will never get old for me, yes. but it's like <laughs> so perfect for the position. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm hoping that the secondary will evolve like as the season goes on and as, you know, they get a little more experience under their belts, especially, you know, with the new coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's, that's something that's been a concern the last few years. So I really hope that, um, as we get into conference play that that kind of, I don't know, doesn't become as big of an issue as it was. Right. I mean, we do have some inexperience there and Burke again is only a sophomore. So it was just phenomenal that he had that great of a freshman year. So it's hard to, I mean, sometimes you forget that, like I said, he's only a second year, so he's going to have those struggles to start the season. So I'm sure everything will be fine, but you know, when something's not perfect with Ohio State, we tend to freak out a little bit over here. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not panicking yet. I just I just hope as our competition gets a little bit tougher that, you know, they step up a little more and get more comfortable and confident in, um, mm-hmm. you know, what they're being asked to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, hey, anything is a step up from the defense last year. So, overall, I was happy with our big win against Arkansas State. 
Um, and we now look forward to Toledo on Saturday, which is another night game, and hopefully expecting a similar result to last week. However, let's shift gears now to teams not named Ohio State. I mean, let's just start off with a bang. How about Alabama's near collapse to Texas? You love to see it. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) like, I kind of feel bad saying that, but also not really because it's Alabama. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't even know if, you know, Texas is better than we thought, but Mm -hmm. I love to see Alabama sort of be caught off guard by the quality of their opponent. Um, You know, I feel like in college football, you definitely can't look too far ahead. It has to be focused on your opponent this week. And um, I think Alabama maybe struggles with that because they might be a little bit cocky. Mm, Really? Alabama cocky? (laughs) Come on. But yeah, that was such a fun game to watch just from so many aspects. But I mean, first off, Quinn Ewers, he actually looked really good for the few minutes that he was actually in, but then he got injured and he's going to be out, I believe, for six weeks. So that's unfortunate for him. Yeah. That's a rough blow, especially, you know, I feel like what a weird career trajectory for him. I mean, he's Very still true. so young, but mm-hmm. like so much has already happened right. in his career. Right. It feels like he's been in college, like playing college football for like five years and it's like, this is his first season. So yeah. um, I definitely can't wait to see what he does when he gets back and to see if he keeps his mullet. Because that was, I feel like, a a big look that he decided to go with. I feel like he has to forever. I mean, that's just him. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, he did look good. But then they had to go to the backup once he got injured. And Alabama still could not contain Texas. And then the backup, he was hobbling, too. I think he was definitely not 100% healthy. He took a big hit and, you know, he was limping a little bit. But, hey, you got to give kudos to Texas. They really gave Alabama all they had. And their kicker, Burt Auburn, he has a glorious head of hair as well, if we're talking about mullets here. I <laughs> yes. mean, <laughs> he nailed that field goal to tie it up. But then, of course, you give Alabama any time at all. They're probably right. going to storm back and win, which is what they did. So, Yeah, but like you said, kudos to them for sticking in it for 60 mm-hmm. minutes. I feel like they're not Alabama's not an easy team to you know go toe-to-toe with for that long. If anything, like their conditioning is what will ultimately seal their win. So um, Texas definitely came out strong. It'll be interesting. You know, I feel like every year we talk, is Texas back? (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's still way too early to tell, but this is at least the best they've looked in a couple years. Yeah, it's definitely looking good for Texas. Um, But I'm sure Alabama will get all their rage out this week. They're playing Louisiana Monroe. So... (laughs) They should be winning by 50. (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad for Louisiana Monroe. (laughs) (laughs) Would not want to be them this week. So yeah, Alabama um, dropped below Georgia this week. So hey, at least we got some satisfaction there. But one of the biggest upset, if not the biggest upset of the week, Appalachian State beating number six, Texas A&M. I just, you got to love App State. How can you not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really, like... I mean, they have a lot of other positives for the school and the program, but being known as like the ultimate like 
soul crusher it's like Mm -hmm. has to be one of their football programs like biggest accomplishments it's like you're never quite expecting them to pull off one of the biggest upsets but they're always capable of pulling off the biggest upset right I mean like you mentioned this is their first victory over top 10 team since you know the great one of 2007 Michigan and it's their third top 25 win in program history um, so that was just so fun to watch. And I don't know if you saw the videos after the game of all the students just yes. sprinting for their lives in the pouring rain, <laughs> meeting out in the middle of the street, chest bumping, cars were just parked because there was nowhere to go. Um, just such a fun celebration. And now college game day is actually going there, uh, this upcoming week. So just an exciting time. I just, what a, they're the epitome of college football, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I always root for the underdog unless, you know, they're going against us, I guess. But um, you just love to see it. It's like, like you said, it's the epitome of college football. Anything could happen any week and you just don't really know. And um, I love a little chaos. Oh, for sure. And that was just the start of all the chaos. Uh, An interesting one. Marshall ended up beating Notre Dame. Yikes, 26-21. This is just not good for so many reasons. First off, Marcus Freeman, now 0-3. I believe he's the first coach in Irish history to start their careers 0-3. So not good for him. And uh, their quarterback, Tyler Buckner, he's out for, I think, maybe the season with a shoulder injury. So another blow to the Irish. But now, I mean, that affects Ohio State. You know, like that's actually not as quality of a win as we thought it was um, if Marshall could beat them. So I don't know. What impact do you think that has on us? Um, I'm hoping by the end of the season, it won't matter. I feel like Notre Dame every year is overranked. I like Mm -hmm. every year they're like, oh, this is definitely a top 10 team. And then by the end of the season, it's like, just kidding. No, they're (laughs) not. And I do feel bad for Marcus Freeman. I don't think that he should get. I don't know, stuck with the loss from the bowl game. Like Brian mm-hmm. Kelly was like, deuces, right. I'm out. Very Good true. luck. Like stepping in last minute and taking yeah. this team who's like somewhat demoralized for me, taking a new job at LSU mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to make it win. So I give Marcus Freeman, like he's 0-2 and one's to Ohio yeah. State, which, okay. So I do hope that they sort of bounce back and give Ohio State's win a little bit more credibility but Mm -hmm. ultimately I I always feel like they're overrated so it's such a hard um I don't know a hard juxtaposition by the end of the year with them yeah that is very true and I think honestly they're probably ranked fifth just to make their game against Ohio State just that much better you know top five matchup to start the season is it really though I mean right (laughs) and preseason rankings are so tough like yeah how do you like nobody knows we haven't seen these teams like on the field and against any opponent so like I feel like week one rankings almost don't matter and then it's like okay now Mm -hmm. that we've seen everybody we can sort of better assess the situation except Michigan does not deserve to bump up like five, eight spots to beat a no-ranked team. But right. other than that, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, if you're not Bama or Ohio State or Georgia, I feel like your ranking doesn't really matter before week one. 
But yeah, I mean, we'll see how Notre Dame tries to bounce back from these two losses to start their season. Like you said, hopefully they get some solid wins under their belt. So selfishly, it helps Ohio State look a little bit better. It's weird to like have to root for Notre Dame the rest of the season now to like make (laughs) our win look better. Because like normally I'm very much like, no, no, thank you, Notre Dame. And now I'm going to be like, ah, yeah, okay, come on. You got to win. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that same thing with, dare I say, that team up north. Obviously, I don't want them to win, but I also want it to be a good game between the two teams at the end of the season. And, you know, when hopefully we beat them, it's like it's a solid win that we can add to our schedule. So, yeah, that is an interesting concept that we have to deal with. Um, But now switching back to Big Ten play, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern all lost, uh, and they're all on Ohio State's schedule for this season. So it's looking like we are not going to face some strong opponents. I mean, Iowa did lose to Iowa State in a close matchup, so that one, you know, you get some respect for, but – I mean, Wisconsin and Northwestern, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting because I feel like we're not really going to get any solid wins under our belt in terms of, you know, those few teams. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what these programs do. I feel like Northwestern at least is, like, solid in their mediocrity. Like, they're, like, Iowa and Wisconsin both now are, like, there's all this infighting between, like, their quarterbacks and is I don't know if this is our quarterback of the future like mm-hmm. the quarterback made poor decisions like um Wisconsin's head coach and like um AD I just feel like not that they're throwing the team under the bus but like a little bit mm-hmm. like so I feel like at least Northwestern is like you know we lost we didn't play great but like we're still a team. We still like, like each other. I feel like Iowa and Wisconsin and over the next couple of weeks could look completely different than they do right now. And that's not to say different in like a good way. Right. Just like I see them making changes at quarterback or, you know, maybe there, maybe Scott Frost isn't the only head coach that's yeah. fired early in the season. Like, um, so it'll just definitely be interesting to see how those teams kind of shake out over the next few weeks. Cause I feel like by mid season, they're going to have to have some sort of plan. And right now it seems like they're just throwing things at the wall. Yeah, I agree. I mean, hopefully they kind of figure it out soon. So like I said, they can actually have a solid game against Ohio state. Um, but Hey, we got Wisconsin coming up following Toledo. So yeah. we will see about that. Um, but it was certainly a wild week in college football, but we still have NFL to talk about. Um, but we need to take a quick break, so stay with us. Welcome back. Alexis, I mean, what a way to start the NFL season. I, first off, I just feel like we got to start with Bengals Steelers. That was what? just... Wild. And what a game. What a game. It it was. I mean, I actually got to go. It was my first NFL game ever. And, I mean, what a way to start, you know, <laughs> being in person for NFL games. But Joe Burrow, what happened? I mean, yeah. was all of his football talent taken along with his appendix? Are we concerned? <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think that they have all the – 
all the pieces to turn it around. I think mm-hmm. it's certainly surprising, especially against the Steelers. Like, five wasn't it five interceptions? That's like... Yeah, four picks and a lost fumble. That is just aggressively bad. <laughs> but yeah. especially against, you know, a conference opponent. Like, that's totally mm-hmm. going to come back and haunt them. Like, oh, it's sure. really unfortunate that they had to start against... Mm-hmm. Um, them in week one but I do think that Burrow is sort of the just nose to the grindstone next play next game mentality so I do think that they'll bounce back they've certainly put their money where their mouth is in terms of beefing up the players around him the offensive line needs to do a significantly better Mm -hmm. job but they were supposed to be better so um, I definitely think week two and week three will say a lot about um, their future trajectory, but it would be hard to see that kind of like drop off from Super Bowl player or Super Bowl team to, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to give them a little bit of a break because they haven't really played together. Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason. So it basically was their first time playing as a unit. So obviously probably the worst start possible, considering the first two plays of the game were a sack and a pick six. Um, And they actually allowed seven sacks total in the game. So definitely not a great start for this supposed new and improved offensive line. But yeah, like you said, Joe Burrow, he does not freak out ever. He just remains calm, moves on to the next play, which I think will be – very useful in terms of moving on to Dallas this week. Let's put the Steelers game behind them and focus on the Cowboys, which they should be able to win. I mean, Cowboys yes. defense is not nearly as dominant as TJ Watt and company with Pittsburgh. And now with Dak out, I mean, it should be, you know, a somewhat easy bounce back win for Cincy. You, you would think so. The Cowboys – have not done themselves any favors this offseason. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't add in any new wide receivers, so everything's supposed to go through CeeDee Lamb, which is fine, but, like, you also need other targets. Right. Um, the run game, sure, you have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but um, now they also didn't invest in backup quarterbacks. I can't believe Mike McCarthy spoke after the game and said, well, you don't exactly plan for losing your starting quarterback. It's like you should. You should should, absolutely (laughs) be planning for what happens if our starting quarterback goes down. So now you have like Cooper Rush as QB1, and Mm -hmm. that's not going to last. So um, I'm interested to see what the Cowboys do, but right now they just look like they're the only team in the entire NFL week one that didn't score a touchdown. I mean, that's you have Ezekiel Elliott. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about them, Cowboys. Do you think – that they're honestly doomed until Dak comes back. I mean, he was initially projected to miss up to eight weeks, but now they're saying he might return in four. We'll see about that. But I don't know. I think they're kind of screwed without him, and their playoff chances are pretty much shot after week one. Yeah, I think I think they would have had a chance had they actually invested in their backups or like made mm-hmm. a plan for right. what is what's going to happen. And the fact that they didn't, I think they are doomed without him. And honestly, when he comes back, like, I mean, I feel like a thumb injury is a big deal on your throwing hand. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, it's well enough to play, but is it, like, well enough to play? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it'll take a little bit of time to really get, you know, 
back to playing mode. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if they try and, you know, get someone else a quarterback. But right now it's Cooper Rush at one and Will Greer as their backup. So definitely not the strongest options, but hey, we will see how they perform against Cincy this week. Um, but moving on to an interesting Monday night game, Broncos Seahawks. Okay, first off, I was a little, I felt bad for Russell Wilson. I'm not going to lie because, you know, when he ran out with the rest of the team, Seattle was just booing him. They were not a fan of him. So personally, I felt bad for him. What do you think? Yeah, I I think I was more surprised than anything. Like, because mm-hmm. he did win the city a Super Bowl, but, and it wasn't just the fans. Like, Pete Carroll, former players, Richard Sherman, um, Marshawn Lynch, they all seem to really like revel in the fact that Wilson lost. And so I feel like yeah. we don't really know the full story. Like there's got to be a reason that all of these, I don't know, former teammates of his who all won the Super Bowl with him are equally as like, I don't know, like they booed him in their own right. Like, yeah. um, I f- so it's, it's, there's something that we don't know because mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Like I, you know, I write for Bleeding Green Nation, which is the SB Nation's Eagles site. Mm-hmm. And we're we're often known as the team that or the fans that boo the team. And but we still welcome back like Donovan McNabb back in the day. And we still right. welcome back like those players. So there's a reason that Seattle is iffy on Russell Wilson. And I can't wait until we learn the why one day. Yeah, I mean that's just so interesting because yeah, he got them a ring. He spent a decade of his career there. And but he just seems like such, you know, an upstanding guy. Everyone loves him, but apparently not. So that was an interesting return to Seattle. Um, but even more interesting and maybe just straight up crazy was Denver's Nathaniel Hackett's call to kick a field goal at the end of the game, a sixty-four yarder may I add, instead of giving the ball to Russ on fourth down. And obviously, they missed the field goal and lost. So, I mean, this was just foolish, I believe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, sure, they said 64 yards was, you know, the most that he's made in practice. But if you look at his history, he's attempted five or six um, in-game kicks over 60 yards, and he's missed every single one. Like, oh, you're good. setting your kicker up for failure. Like, that's yeah. just not – that's like, this is the maximum he could possibly do. So let's put that in week one with the game on the line. I'm sure that'll be fine. He did at least – Hackett did at least, like, acknowledge, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty that it was the wrong decision. So I at least can appreciate that he owned mm-hmm. up to it being a bad decision, but, like – Come on. (laughs) Right. Like you got Russell Wilson, a quarterback, for a reason. Um, And you didn't use him. So tough start for the Broncos. But, hey, kudos to Geno Smith and the Seahawks. That was basically their Super Bowl this season. So I feel like they honestly, it's all downhill from there. But, hey, you never know. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, interesting, interesting Monday night game. But let's talk about two of the best teams in the league by far starting off with the Chiefs. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those doubters out there. Like, hey, maybe they won't be the Chiefs anymore. Got rid of, or, you know, Tyreek Hill left. So, you know, who's going to be the guy that steps up in his place? But 
they're still the Chiefs. I mean, they dominated the Cardinals week one. It wasn't just some blowover team. So, yeah, it turns out Pat Mahomes doesn't need Terry Kill. He's functioning just fine. And they're still going to be Super Bowl contenders from the looks of it from week one. Yeah, I feel like they're like Patrick Mahomes is like super underappreciated, but I also feel like it's because they're so consistently fine slash good that they just don't Mm -hmm. draw any attention because they play at exactly the level you would expect them to play at, which I don't know, is maybe not like spicy in terms of like NFL news and things to talk about, but they're just consistently good. Like I don't see them taking a dip this year. And like you said, I think they're still, you know, playoff bound and barring anything crazy happening. And, you know, unlike Mike McCarthy, I'm sure Andy Reid does have a plan or a backup plan, (laughs) you know, should they need it. So um, they still have a top 10 roster and, you know, all the weapons they need to make a long run. So yes, I, I agree. I think the chiefs are still very much the chiefs. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but I, I don't think they're the number one team in all of football. I think that title has to go to Buffalo. They just looked perfect coming out week one against the Super Bowl champs, the Rams. They just picked them apart. I mean, Matthew Stafford did not play well at all, but still, Buffalo's offense was just on top of the world. They looked amazing. And I think they're definitely the best team in football right now and very early favorites to win it all. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to argue with you. Like, that's that was such a fun game to watch. Like, Mm -hmm. to watch the Bills just completely dominate. Like, and when did Josh Allen get so big? Like, I, (laughs) I feel like I knew he was big, but he looked like gigantic like he grew yeah. three inches and put on 40 pounds like <laughs> and I know that that's, performance as well yeah, he just, confidence yes like he I, the whole thing top to bottom they it was so fun to watch and I hope they keep playing like that because then they'll continue to be fun to watch and I feel like they are a city who needs a championship mm-hmm. and I wouldn't hate it I wouldn't be mad at them we agree Yeah, I mean, how can you not love Bill's Mafia jumping through tables? They just, they are in desperate need of a championship. So, yeah, we'll see if that happens. Um, But switching back to the Chiefs for one last time, we got Chargers Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. Uh, We're recording this on Wednesday. So, I mean, this is going to be such a good game. I am very excited. Um, Right now, uh, Kansas City is currently favored by three and a half. So what are your predictions? I mean, I would love to hear them. Yeah, so I just made my picks for the week, and I am picking the Chiefs to win. Um, I think it'll be a close game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Chiefs win by, like, one score um, late in the game. Um, But I do think it's going to be a bit of, like, a back and forth. Like, I would go – I don't know what the line – the over-under is, but I would go with the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. Um. And I'll be excited to see, you know, if they can hang toe to toe until, you know, the end of 60 minutes. But I think the Mm -hmm. Chiefs ultimately get the win. Yeah, I agree with you. I am so excited for this game. Uh, I agree. It's definitely going to be back and forth, a battle of the offenses. I mean, to see two of the best quarterbacks in all football face off against each other in week two. What a way to start the season. But yeah, I think it'll be a close one. I think Chiefs will cover, though. Um, But yeah, we'll see if it's, you know, 
a little late late game excitement, possibly overtime. We will see, but it'll definitely be a good one. So I cannot wait. Um, but that is all that we had for the show. But first, let's do our shout outs. Um, first off, I just wanted to shout out the Jets cornerback, DJ Reed. I am a Jets fan, unfortunately. But <laughs> this is one of the bright spots from the week. Um so unfortunately, his dad passed away right before the game on Sunday, and he found that out. Um, but then he just proceeded to have the game of his life. He gave up no receptions, and he actually got an interception in the fourth quarter, and he attributed that to his dad, which was very emotional. But just very happy for him that he had such a good performance um, you know, for his dad. So sad story, but he tried to, you know, play for him. So that was, that was nice to see for sure. Absolutely. I did see that he was getting a little bit of gruff from people who didn't maybe understand why he was celebrating mm-hmm. despite being down. Yeah. But I think, like you said, that's just such a probably incredibly overwhelming moment for him emotionally. And, you know, what a, what a tribute that he was able to, you know, have in that moment. So I agree. Yeah. For sure. Um, do you have anyone that you want to shout out possibly from this past week of football or anything else? Um, I'm, I guess I'll go with you know the Eagles. Like Shout out to A.J. Brown. He came in. He had mm-hmm. 155 receiving yards. He topped the franchise record for a new Eagle in their first game. Um, oh, I wow. think his con- Yeah, I think his connection with Jalen Hurts is just going to be pretty dynamic. And when, you know, defenses try and double team him, I think – you know, Jalen Hurts has Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and a ton of other weapons that he can utilize. So I think it was we we needed a dynamic uh, wide wide receiver. We needed a big guy, just someone mm-hmm. who isn't tackled. And I think A.J. Brown's going to be that guy. So uh, he seems really excited to be in a new city and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Eagles started out with a win, stuck it out against Detroit. So we'll see how the rest of the Eagles season goes. That's one of those teams that I'm excited to see how far they can go. You know, there's been a lot of hype surrounding them in the off season. So we'll see what happens uh, with them. That's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Alexis at Lovely Buckeye, me at Megan Hustline, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.